Well, praise the Lord. Pastor Jerry, once again, coming to you with the Word of God. Always an honor, always a privilege, praise God. Once again, we're going to uh, jump right into the book of Acts, praise God, with our studies there in the book of Acts. We're going to go to chapter 26 this time, chapter 26 of the book of Acts, praise God. And what we have in context is Paul is before King Agrippa, and basically um, explaining his conversion, explaining uh, his road to Damascus experience, praise God, that we read or have read in this study, praise God, back in chapter 9 of the book of Acts. So we're kind of jumping in the middle of that, but I kind of got a place I got to get to today. So we're going to pick up with verse 12 of chapter 26. It says, While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me. And those who journeyed with me, then in other words, they also saw that light. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise. Now, this is the word of the Lord to, uh, to Paul. Actually, at the time, Saul later changed to Paul. Amen. But uh, rise and stand on your feet, for I have uh, appeared to you for this purpose. I love this. To make you a minister and a witness. In other words, one providing evidence, one who administers unto and one providing evidence, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. If you remember, that's kind of his ministry. He was sent uh, to the Gentile, amen. And it goes on, but here's, here's, the, here's kind of the assignment or the mandate um, the commission, okay, he said this, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now, as uh, I titled this one a divine mandate. In other words, an assignment or a commission, praise God. Now, we have you know, over the years have all come to, you know, to understand the term, the Great Commission, a lot of times, you know, talking about going into all the world and preaching the gospel, and, and very accurate, you know, it is a, a great commission or assignment unto the body of Christ. I, I get, uh, uh, personally, I, I, this verse here speaks to me a lot, and to me it is a divine mandate that went directly from the Lord to uh, Paul, Amen. And what he was commissioned to do or his mandate. Amen. And I took uh, to me years ago, it's one of my favorite verses and I've kind of shared that many times. But it's one of those verses that really kind of uh, sums up or puts it in a nutshell of what really to me and I believe to the body of Christ what the Great Commission is all about. Amen. And so it. Uh, you know, to me, it just kind of defines it. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take some time, go through that verse 18 there, and kind of dissect it, define it, amen, and then just draw the meat out of it today. And that's what I plan on doing today. So with that said, again, the verse 18 says, to open their eyes. In other words, the, the eyes of those in whom I'm influencing, those who I'm going unto, the Jew, the Gentile, amen, and I'll primarily his ministry was to the Gentile, but obviously he ministered to many Jews also, praise God, went all over that globe, praise God, uh, ministering uh, unto each and every one of them, doing everything he could to influence whoever he could, praise God. But it said here, it started off, to open their eyes. And I love that, to open their eyes. So the word eyes itself, uh, ophthalmos, I think is how it's pronounced, ophthalmos, okay? But it just means sight or vision. But the reason it's necessary to read this or to define this is because it also says this uh, in, in the concordance. It says, more than just an envious or jealous side glance. 
Okay, and after a while, you've got to kind of think about what's he talking about, you know, in that. In other words, it means a sight or a vision, to bring sight or to bring vision, but more than just some envious or jealous side glance. In other words, uh, the idea is that we're here to do more than just impress people. I mean, we're here to change lives. And so what he's trying to say is that, you know, we're not looking just to somehow get somebody to take a glance at us. We're here to open their eyes. We're here to get them to see this like they should see it. To have, uh, you know, the, uh, the sight or the vision, so to speak, that the Lord would have them have. Amen. If they can see things more clearly, they can begin to walk in the things they're called to more clearly. Praise God. So what he's saying here is I'm not looking just to impress somebody to get a little side glance and have them kind of look your way for a second. I'm trying to open their eyes. Praise God. I'm trying to open their eyes. And then it says in order to turn them. All right. To open their eyes in order to turn them. So how is that defined? Well, it's defined as to convert, this word turn, to convert or to turn about. Okay, now hang on. To, to convert or to turn about to, here we go, revert. Amen. Turn, and that means literally to turn back again. And that means literally, figurative, figuratively, and morally. Okay, and I'm just kind of giving you all the definition here. So it's talking about that we're not only just to hear, we're not only here just to convert people to Christ. We're here also to revert people. In other words, get them, get them back in the direction they should be going. See, there's some people that we come in contact with that maybe have heard, that do know some of these things. In fact, probably, to be honest, the majority of people that probably I minister to are probably people who have already accepted Christ. Amen. And I'm here to help renew minds. Amen. To open their eyes, to get them to, like, revert, in a sense. In other words, point them in the direction that they need to be going. Amen. In any way that we can. If there's something in their life that maybe got them off track, we're here. This is what it's talking about. Not only to win somebody to Christ, but to get those who are off track on track. Praise God. To somehow get them to see something a little more clearly Amen, that gets them on the right road, the right path, praise God. Because again, just like seeing things right, you got to be kind of heading in the right direction, amen. And if you're heading in the right direction, you're more apt to walk in all that's yours as a child of God. Amen, praise God. So it says to, uh, again, the verse, to open their eyes in order to turn them. And then I looked up this word from. See, it says from darkness unto the light or from darkness to light but the word from is necessary too because this word from means it usually it says this it usually denotes separation departure completion termination or just flat a reversal all right so in other words to turn them from something unto something else means it denotes some kind of separation departure completion, termination, or reversal. So in other words, when we're talking about in this text here, he's talking about, at least he starts with, from darkness unto light. In other words, we're getting them not just to give a little bit of light in the midst of the dark. We're trying to turn them from the dark. Get them out of the dark into the light. Amen. Get them completely out of the dark. We're not here playing patty cake with the darkness. Amen. And that's what he's saying. He says, Paul, you're commissioned to get them out of the dark. Not just add a little light and see how they can continue to maintain life in the midst of some dark. We're trying to get them out of the dark. And that word from literally means it's, it's denoting some form of separation or departure. Amen. Literally a completion of what used to be now something entirely different. So when you read the rest of this verse, that's kind of what he's talking about. Because he says from uh, the dark to the light, from the power of Satan to God. Amen. So you think we're taking them completely out of one thing and putting them in another thing. Amen. That's the idea. So we're here to open their eyes and turn them Get them on the right rack, a right road, pardon me, and get them, praise God, away from the dark, away from the grip of the enemy, praise God, and get them moving more in the things of God. And I think this is one of the reasons why this verse really speaks a lot to me, because I always feel like that's my passion, okay, is do everything I can to try to get eyes open, get people to see things clearly, praise God, because I just find that people live better when they, get, when they have the truth, when they have an understanding, when they can see things 
the way they're supposed to see things, praise God. And uh, to me, I feel like it's that, it's that divine mandate, amen. I know at least it is for me, but I believe it is primarily for the, the majority of the body of Christ. I feel like the Great Commission is just this. Amen. It's not just to go around and say, you know, Jesus loves you, and which that's, a, you know, that's not a bad thing, but I'm just saying that we're here to do more than that. We're here to open eyes. We're here to get people on the right road. We're here to get them out of the dark completely, amen, and get them in the light. We're here to get them out of the grip of the enemy completely, to, to the best of our ability, get them out of the grip of the enemy and get them into the arms of God, so to speak, praise God. Now, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but the idea is this. I, you know, you're, when you're seeing that, when you're reading these kind of things, to turn them from, that's what it's dealing with. Amen. It's pretty serious business. That's why I call it a divine mandate. Amen. It is definitely an assignment, definitely a commission. Amen. This is what you're called to do, praise God. Amen. So let's, let's take a look at some more of this now, praise God. All right, so we're looking at... Uh, to open their eyes and turn them from, here we go, from darkness unto light, okay? So darkness to light. So let's begin to define that, praise God. What does that mean? And, of course, I've got a lot of verses here and there, and uh, so I hope you're ready to take some notes, praise God. Uh, so anyway, darkness, what does darkness mean? Well, you know, you kind of have an idea. It means dimness, okay? But it refers to uh, obscurity, okay? Um, which basically, when you kind of break that word down, it means something that's uncertain or vague, or even the word ignorance fits in there. In fact, it's kind of thread through there. So in other words, somebody just doesn't know. So we're trying to get them out of the dark, out of this unknowing into a place of knowing. Amen. Get them out of this uncertainty into a place of certainty in certain areas of their life. Get them out of this vagueness, okay, is, was another uh, uh, synonym for that word. So dimness or obscurity, it even uses words in, for this word darkness, words like depravity, okay, and captivity, which a lot of times when you think of darkness, that's probably what you're going to kind of think about when you're talking about, you know, getting them out of the dark into the light. We're probably thinking about more about trying to get them out uh, from maybe a, a carnal living into, into a, the abundant life kind of thing, which is very accurate. That's not, that's not uh, you know, wrong. Uh, but we're talking, when we're talking about areas of things like obscurity, okay, and uncertainty and ignorance and, and vagueness, I see it even goes beyond just that. Sometimes it's just the fact a lot of people just don't know the truth. They just don't know who they are. They don't know uh, some truths about God. Maybe that would set them free. There are certain things that if, if you're ignorant to uh, the truth, the Word says the truth will make you free, praise God. Well, if you read that whole text there in John, amen, it's not just saying that, you know, you're going to hear something. It literally means, okay, you're going in, you're grabbing hold of something, and now you're beginning to see something different than you did before. And now as a result of it, that truth that you are now coming in contact with is driving back ignorance, driving back darkness, bringing you into the, into the light, so to speak, bringing you into a thing to where now, amen, the word is very clear that that truth now can make you free, praise God. And so in other words, that's just kind of another way of saying this. So from the dark into the light. Now let's define darkness a little bit by the scriptures. Okay, so the scriptures in John 12 in verse 35, I'm just kind of kind of move through these a little bit. It says that uh, he who walks, this is what Jesus said, he who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. Now, you think that's kind of a dust statement, but the point is that this principle that we're talking about is just as true spiritually speaking as it is naturally speaking. Like if all of a sudden the lights in this particular room, because this is a room that we're doing the filming in, is a room that's kind of enclosed from all the other rooms out there, and we could shut this room down, turn all the lights off, and it just gets pitch black in here. I mean, we'd shut it down. You wouldn't even be able to see me if we shut the lights off in here. Okay, so the point is, praise God, that the principle that of just shutting off lights, now you can't see, so you're going to stumble around in here. So if I was to try to walk off this stage and head toward the back doors, I might actually miss a step or stumble or run into a chair or run into a whatever, you know. And the point is that's, you know, that's kind of a dust statement. You know, you shut the lights off, you're walking in the dark, you're going to stumble. Well, he says the same thing spiritually speaking. If you're not walking in the light, there's a lot of stuff you're going to miss 
A lot of things you're going to trip over, a lot of things that are going to cause you to stumble. And that's what he's bringing out, praise God. So that's why we're trying to get people out of the dark, praise God. Ephesians 4 and verse 18, uh, you know, without going into that whole text there, but it brings it out and makes it very clear that because of, of, uh, of darkness, of, of ignorance, it kind of brings out that we're, we're alienated from the life of God, it says. Okay, and that word uh, alienated means uh, a non-participant. Okay, so because of being in the dark, of vagueness and ignorance, okay, so that, that depravity in that sense, or that, that uh, what was that other word he used? Obscurity was a word he used, amen. So because of that, amen, he says you literally will miss out on the life of God that you're called to just because you're, you're walking in the dark in certain areas of your life. So that's, when you start thinking about this whole thing, says I'm trying to get you out of the dark in the light, it starts making a whole lot more sense than just something about turn the lights off and turn the lights back on kind of thing. It's really talking about, I mean, spiritually speaking, I mean, to get you out of a place of ignorance. You know, uh, years ago, you know, heard this phrase, you know, and you probably have heard it just as much as I have. You know, they say, you know, ignorance is bliss. Well, really, it's, it's not accurate, and I, I know what they're trying to get at when they say those kind of things, but it really, ignorance is a trap, okay? You have to see ignorance as a, really, in a sense, a, a ploy or a, a form of deception that the enemy uses to trap God's people, or to trap anybody, for that matter. But the idea is to keep you in that place, to keep you in that trap, that place of ignorance, all right? But see, the idea is, Jesus made it real clear that if you get the lights on, praise God, you're not going to stumble around anymore. You're going to understand. You know, the enemy wants you in the dark because your, uh, your thoughts and your understanding, we could say, is going to be off concerning who your God is, who you are, and definitely who your enemy is. And that's why the enemy wants you in the dark, all right? Well, Paul's uh, divine mandate, amen, was to get them out of the dark, get them from the dark, and get them into the light, praise God, amen. The scripture also says in Colossians 1 and 13, it says that Jesus, part of what he did was delivered us from the power of darkness. In other words, he paid a price, you know, and it says past tense now, he paid the price so that we could come out of the dark. Now, that doesn't mean everybody accepts it, but he made a way so you could come out of the dark, praise God. That's good news, amen? In other words, now here, we're here, amen, as children of light, of children of God. We're here, amen, not only to be children of light, but also to point people to the light, which, of course, is Christ, amen, hallelujah. So let's look at a couple verses there. Uh, the scripture says in... Um, 1 Peter 2, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you, amen, you and me, may proclaim the praises of him who, here we go, called us, called you and me, out, come on, out from the darkness, amen, and into his marvelous light, amen. So we're just going to see a few references on that. Now, what? let's define light. We better do that, maybe, before I get too far into this. Uh, the word light itself means to make to see. It literally means to illuminate or in, to enlighten is another word there. But I love this. It means radiant energy that makes sight possible. Radiant, I love that. Radiant energy that makes sight possible. So then when the light comes on, praise God, it's radiant energy. I mean, you think about it in a natural light. It's kind of that way, especially... You know, some of the old style lights, uh, you know, maybe not so much when you now the new LED lights, maybe a little bit different, but but radiant energy. Amen. You know, I always think about some of these old lights you get around and you literally can feel the energy, the heat that comes off uh, those lights, you know. So you think about it in the natural, that kind of makes sense, radiant energy that makes now sight possible. Well, it's the same thing, spiritually speaking. It maintains, the light itself contains radiant energy, amen, that can make sight possible. Now you start backing all these verses up, and not only, you know, we say, well, yeah, Jesus is the light, the light of the world. He's radiant energy that makes sight possible. But the scriptures have some things to say about you. Okay, in Ephesians 5 and verse 8, 
It says, for you were once darkness. I love how he clears that up. You were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Amen. So in other words, you too, amen, are the light. So you, you also have within you radiant energy that makes sight possible. You know, especially when you think about what we're talking about, this divine mandate of going out and trying to get the lights on, so to speak, out there for everybody else. You have to understand who you are as a child of God. That When you talk about the Great Commission, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You are the light. You're the difference maker. You're the atmosphere adjuster, the climate controller, the suburb swayer, the community changer. That's who you are. Amen. Every time you come on the scene, you have radiant energy that can make sight possible for people. Praise God. And so we're trying to do this thing today. And I'm just, again, kind of stepping back and bringing this to the, uh, to the forefront. Is that We're not just talking about, you know, trying to get everybody to come uh, into the kingdom which is wonderful, a glorious thing, a great start. But we're talking about even helping all those even in the kingdom, amen, to begin to see things clearly, amen, so that they're not uh, being, uh, you know, uh, in a sense, taken advantage of, okay, uh, due to ignorance, come on, somebody, that the enemy somehow holds them in captivity because of the fact they don't know some things. So the idea, we, when we start seeing the commission, this, this in a sense, what I like to call a divine mandate, amen, is more than just saying, you know, come into the kingdom. We're saying, listen, we want the lights completely on so you can see clearly, you can understand clearly who your God is, who you are, who your enemy is, praise God, so you can be the child of God that you are so destined to be and to fulfill what you're called to fulfill, praise God. Amen. This is what Paul was commissioned or mandated, his assignment was to do. And I believe with all my heart, to me, again, this is in a nutshell what the Great Commission, or at least a piece of what the Great Commission is all about, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. All right, let's look at another verse here. Common text, John 5, or probably Matthew 5, pardon me, Matthew 5. And verse uh, 16 talks about letting your light so shine. In fact, if you go back up a couple verses, it says that you are the light of the world. Now, so it brings that you are the light. And like I said, verse 16 says, let that light then so shine before men. In other words, that you may see, or probably that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise God. I love it. Let's read it again. Let your light, let that radiant energy Amen, that radiant energy that makes sight possible. Let your light so shine before men. In other words, praise God, it's got to be out there. Remember, your walk is a very private thing in God, but it's never private, praise God. In other words, everything you do is going to be seen. At least you want it out there as much as you can and to be seen by as many as you can. Amen. That's why you live God loud and live God right. Now, come on now, but stay in the light, and that's how it works. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. I love that. And then because they're seeing what's in you, now they begin to look up and begin to glorify God. Amen. This is really how it's done. Amen. So, you know, the more the lights come on, uh, the more people see things and they see things right. Amen. Uh, I was just working on something just last night at the house and, and everything, you're kind of doing this thing and you can kind of, you know, see what you're doing and, you, you know, you're kind of just going along doing and you're kind of squinting and you're kind of struggling a little bit with it and then all of a sudden you recognize, wait a minute, the lights ain't on, let's get the lights on and you kick the lights on and all of a sudden, oh, that makes it a little, it's a little easier to do this now, it's a little clearer what's going on. Well, I think our walk in God is so, much, is, is so similar to that, praise God. The more of the lights you get on, the more you can see what you're doing, where you're going, how to do it, praise God. You understand who your God is, who you are, who your enemy is, praise God. It just makes your walk in God a lot more clear, a lot more simple. And that's the facts, praise God. So anyway, praise God. So getting them out of the dark into the light. Let's get you another reference here. John 8 and verse 12. This is Jesus talking, right? And he said, I am the light of the world. Amen. And he who, here we go, follows me shall not walk in darkness. 
In other words, you get around the light. The, light, the dark has to go, right? So isn't that what he said to Paul? Is get them from the dark and into the light. So obviously, we got to get them to start looking up following Jesus, right? Now, Paul made it real clear. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Because if you want to know the direction, the way, just follow. Get, hop in behind. Let's do it. Praise God. But the idea is to get him to follow Christ because he is the light. Praise God. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have, I love this, the light of life. Have that radiant energy that makes sight possible, the light of life. That word life is zoe life, absolute life. So in other words, if they will follow the light, that light now begins to radiate and show you the life that you're called to, praise God. Amen. This is how this thing works. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so let's see. Let me just define a couple maybe in that verse John of John 8, 12. It says, follow after me. It just means to be in the same way with, to accompany as a disciple. So in other words, we're talking about following Christ. That we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, this ain't no lightweight matter. This is jump in there, hook up, connect, grow, praise God. And it says, in the, and then you will not walk or live life or uh, be occupied with the dark. In other words, the dark will go, amen, if you will choose to follow him, amen. And then all of a sudden you come into the light of life, that radiant energy that makes sight possible for that absolute life that you're called to. Praise God. And this is really what it comes down to, living the life that we're called to live. Praise God. All right, so let's go back to Acts 26. And again, verse 18, please. All right, so it says, from the darkness to the light. And then it says this, about halfway in the verse, from, in other words, uh, from the dark to the light, from and from the power of Satan unto God, right? From, from the power of Satan unto God. So it's a meaning the same thing, trying to get you completely away from, done with, amen, to see a reversal, so to speak, away from completely the power, the grip, we could say uh, the, uh, the authority of the enemy, into uh, the hand of God, into the authority of God, praise God, walking in the fullness of God, praise the Lord. So let's define some of these things. I hope you're hearing this, child of God. Amen. I hope this is helping you, praise the Lord. So the word power in this verse, 18, uh, is the word exousia, okay, which we've, we've done a lot of teaching around that. In fact, I think uh, Sister Trudy did one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the teachings in this series on uh, on authority uh, and, and dominion, talking about power and authority, talking about walking in dominion, needing both power and authority, all right? So she talked a lot about this, all right? But also, uh, we see it in this verse, exousia, which means, again, authority, or a literally, maybe even better, a delegated authority, which makes sense, a delegated authority or a jurisdiction. And it refers to words like liberty, uh, rights, strength, all that kind of stuff. Okay, but you think about this, a, uh, let's say it again, a delegated authority or jurisdiction. When it says here the power of Satan, Satan only has the power that you give him right to. And that's just the fact because Jesus paid the price. So you no longer have to be under the grip or the authority or the power or the strength of the enemy. Amen. Now, at one time you were. Amen. You came into the kingdom. You made Jesus Lord of your life, and the idea is get the lights on so you understand not only who your God is, who you are, but who your enemy is. And if you understand who your enemy is, you're not as apt to let that chump uh, hold weight over you, hold strength or jurisdiction or authority over you, all right? And so we're trying to get you away from that, praise God, all right? And remember, you back up again, you know, out of the dark in the light, get you out of obscurity and ignorance and, and vagueness, okay, because a lot of times that's what it is. You, you're vague about what, who's God, what's God, who am I, what's my place, you know, and pretty soon you're giving the enemy all kinds of, uh, you know, of jurisdiction in your life, and he just ransacks your life, all right? But we're called to walk free from that. In fact, there's some references on here. Okay, we're called to uh, stay free from the enemy's grip, right? Here's what the scripture says. This is what Jesus said in Luke 10 
And verse 19, praise God, if you got your, you're taking notes here. Uh, Behold, he said, or in other words, take note, I give you authority. You know, he's talking to his disciples here. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. There it is. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. He's just showing you you have all kinds of, of authority and dominion here on planet earth. Not only even over serpents and scorpions, but even whatever the enemy tries to bring against you, whatever thing he tries to hold over you, you have authority over that. The enemy doesn't have any rights to you unless you, remember now, what was that? Delegate authority. In other words, if somehow or another you're allowing him authority or jurisdiction all right and sometimes that's the truth sometimes that's exactly what we're doing now i say that and you say oh, i'd never do that well sometimes it's like i said it's not that we're even knowing we're doing it sometimes we're still in the dark about something so we're still in a sense ignorant to a truth and next thing you know you recognize when the lights come on whoa he's been holding uh you know he's been kind of honkered down so to speak in the back corners there in the shadows and controlling my life in a little area of my life, not even realizing he was doing it. But when the lights come on, all of a sudden you're coming out of the dark, amen, now into a light, walking now in the light of life, praise God, in that area of your life, and the enemy has no more hold. But all along, you, in a sense, you, had, you allowed him jurisdiction. In a sense, there was a delegated authority. Now, you might not have known you did it, but you did it. And we've all been there. And probably, to be honest, as we keep growing in God, we're going to come out of more of that kind of mess, praise God. But the, the idea is in, uh, in this text is to understand that you have been set free and you do have authority over your enemy, praise God. Uh, James 4 and 7 just says this, a kind of a verse I enjoy. Uh, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, amen. But there again, it's going unto God, knowing who your God is, amen. And of course, this text is about you submitting to God and you resisting your enemy, praise God. So a lot of, a lot of things being said in that verse, and we have taken many weeks before and, and taught on that, not even them that long ago, amen. So you can maybe go back and you can see more teaching on that. But the idea is that as we submit ourselves to God and we then resist our enemy. But see, if you don't come in the light, you won't know enough to resist your enemy, to oppose your enemy, to stand against your enemy. If you, but if you resist your enemy, the Word says he'll flee because in all honesty, he has to. That's a promise in the Word of God to you because of the fact the price has been paid by Jesus for you not only to be free from the dark and free from the enemy, but literally to stand in a place of dominion and authority over your enemy. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Here's another verse. 1 Peter 5 and 9 says to resist him. Okay, and again, in context, uh, you know, the verse prior is talking about uh, your adversary, the devil, who goes about like a roaring lion. Okay, that's who he says. You resist him, it says, steadfast. In other words, staying with it in the faith. You don't back down. You don't quit. You stay with it. But again, it's telling you resist your enemy, praise God. Amen. Now, we got all kinds of verses we could pull on this, but I want to just close this little piece of it out with this. In, in John 10 and 10, a common text, very common text, but it says so much. Amen. Jesus said this, the thief, talking about the enemy, comes to steal, kill, destroy. It's what he does. Literally, that's, that is what he does. Okay. He is always manipulating uh, and, and, and uh, you know, doing all kinds of uh, trickery and ploys and plotting and scheming. And the idea is because he comes to steal to kill and destroy. That's what he's doing. But Jesus goes on to say, he said, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. So when you look back at this text in, in, uh, in Acts 26 and verse 18, he says, from the power of the devil, or from Satan, I think is how it's worded in the New King James, from the power of Satan, then unto God. In other words, we're trying to reverse this, get you out of the grip and the power and the jurisdiction of the enemy to get you into the hands of God. Amen. So God can lead, guide, and direct. Why? Because as John 10, 10 says, Jesus said, but I come that you might have life and life more abundant. Again, saying kind of what we talked about earlier, about the light of life, amen, that absolute life, amen, that's what it's talking about, trying to bring you into the life that you're called to, that abundant life. The Word says the, the life of God, amen. 
Hallelujah. Talking about, praise God, that abundant life. Amen. See, there is a life, Zoe life, absolute life that you are called to in God. And the more we can get the lights on, get that, you know, out of the dark and in the light, get you from the grip of the enemy into the hands of God. Amen. The more we can do that, praise God, the more you can live that abundant life you're called to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's see here now. All right, let's shift again. Let's look at this uh, from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. And then it says this, that they may receive forgiveness, that they may receive. Now, now think, keep this in mind that he's here, he's speaking this to Paul about what he's called to do, that you're out there getting the eyes open, you're getting them out of the dark, getting them out of the grip of the enemy, into the light, into the hand of God. But then it says, and what? That uh, they may receive, they may receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness of sins. Of course, obviously talking about your past, talking about things behind them. Amen. So let's, let's define some of this. The word receive here is the Greek word lambano, which means literally to take hold of, to obtain or to seize something. Amen. And, and it even means to accept it. And to me, whoo, this is a huge one, even though sometimes we just kind of speed through it. And most of us as Christians, we get, yeah, we've been forgiven, uh, you know, the remission of sins, all blah, 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 blah. We get, we, we, yeah, we know that. Yeah, praise the Lord. Jesus paid a price. But a lot of times it's just getting people to accept it, getting people to obtain it, getting people to seize that. Because I've seen more people, okay, being held in captivity, again, don't forget about all we've already talked about, being held in captivity in an area of darkness or depravity or obscurity, come on now, or keeping them, they still remain in the grip of the enemy, and what happens is the enemy keeps their past over them. Okay, so what happens is even though that was something that happened yesteryear or yesterday or even yesterday for some people, all right, what happens, the enemy sometimes, because of the dark, because of uh, his, you know, manipulating and that, you know, taking jurisdiction where he shouldn't have it, what happens sometimes can take that past sin, past mistake, past thing that happened, thing you should have done different, wish you wouldn't have done it that way, all that kind of stuff, and can literally hold that over you. And he has done this to a many a people through the area of condemnation, guilt, shame, okay, some, uh, you know, sin, uh, you, know, uh, you know, some kind of a thing just kind of holding over them like it's some, uh, you know, just some wet blanket trying to hold you down in life. I'm telling you, a lot of Christians are held by this. So when he says here uh, to keep, that they may receive forgiveness from their past, from their sins, that they may receive. In other words, we're not going to play patty cake. We're not just say, okay, you're forgiven and move on. Because you know as well as I do, most people, it, takes a, it may take a little bit of renewing the mind before they figure out, I'm free from my past. I'm free from yesterday. I'm free from that situation that happened. There are so many Christians that are held in captivity and bondage just because of the sins of their past. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. Okay, you can walk free from that. Now, the word forgiveness in itself means remission. In fact, that's a word that's used sometimes in the New Covenant. Remission, release, or a pardon, all right? It also means a deliverance, a freedom, a liberty, amen. You got set free from your past, delivered from your past, pardoned from your past, amen. Remission of sin, amen. Not just a covering over, but a removal, praise God. I love that. Amen. A removal. Praise God. So here's some references. Ephesians 1. Praise God. Verse 7. In fact, there's a lot of things said in, in Ephesians 1. If you ever get the time, just meditate on Ephesians 1. You're going to read through a bunch of that. You start finding out who you are, what Christ has done on your behalf. But one of those things mentioned, it says, in Him, literally says, we have redemption. We've been bought back through His blood. And I love this. The forgiveness of sins. Amen. So we've been delivered from our past. Amen. Hallelujah. And who we were. Amen. And we're now set free on a path to be who we're called to be. Amen. But a lot of people never move forward in life because they're too busy staring in the rearview mirror. Too busy with that backpack of all of yesterday, yesteryear's issues. 
Are you hearing me today? You get so bogged down and held down that you can't even run your race. You can't even move forward in God like you should because there's too much of that mess back there. So you gotta re- you got to receive forgiveness of sin. you got to lay hold of it. There ain't a child of God on, on planet Earth that hadn't made a mistake. And I'm not talking about just even all that previous. I'm even, even, even the things that happened after they made Christ the Lord of their life. And we're not making light of sin, and we're not uh, condoning it or justifying it. We're not doing any of that. We're just saying, listen, you have to be a receiver of forgiveness. Amen. you got to be a receiver of it. You can't just mentally assent the fact that I'm, I'm released from my past. Because a lot of people, even though they know doctrinally what Jesus has done for them, a lot of times haven't yet received it, haven't yet laid hold of it. Amen. And part of what we're commissioned to do is to make sure you lay hold of that so that condemnation and guilt and shame won't hold you captive anymore based on something that happened yesterday or yesteryear. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. Praise the Lord. Forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 2 and verse 5, again, a lot said in here, but it said this in verse 5, that even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, He made us alive together in Him, praise God. It goes on to say, we were raised up together and seated together with Him in heavenly places, praise God. But the point is this, that Jesus paid a price, but you have to receive that, child of God. You have to receive forgiveness. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, sin, you know, James 4 brings out, sin is to know to do good and not to do it. You know, so when sin happens, I mean, yeah, you, you knew it. You, you, when it happened, you're thinking, I should have never done that. I knew better than that. Yeah, and sometimes, see, that's what the enemy tries to hold over you, the condemnation of that kind of mess, all right, because of the fact that you did something you knew you shouldn't have done. Well, that's accurate. You shouldn't have done that, but you did. So what do you do now? You just kind of waller in it now for the rest of your life? No, that's what the enemy would like you to do. But you have got to receive forgiveness. That's why, to me, again, back to this reference in Acts 26, okay, it's a divine mandate because it isn't just about getting people to come into the kingdom. Now we got to get people... Free. We've got to get them delivered so they can walk the life they're called to walk. They can be what they're called to be. They can fulfill their callings, their giftings, their destinies, praise God. So to me, it's a divine mandate. That's why it's so real to me, this verse, and why it's such a, a favorite verse of mine, praise God. Amen. I already said all that. But anyway, let's give you another reference here. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to read a few verses here in verses 17 through 21. A lot said here, and you might recognize a few of these verses, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, right? He's a new creation. You've got to believe that, so you've got to receive that. You made him Lord, but now you've got to receive the fact that you're a new creation. That literally means a new species of being. Okay, so the old, it goes on to say, a new, cre- a new creation, old things have passed away, Behold, all things have become new. It's a different ballgame now. But see, it takes people sometimes, even though that was a, a transition that, that should have happened instantaneous, and, 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 and in the spirit it did. Okay, you're a new creation, bang. But it sometimes takes a renewing of the mind. It takes a little bit of time, amen, especially on what you came out of, what you're dealing with, what, you're, what, tries, what the enemy tries to hold over you. It might take a little bit of renewal. It might take a little bit of a process for you then to get to the place to where you can say, all right, I receive the fact that I'm a new creation in Christ and that my past is just that, the past. Amen. I am not my history. I am who God says I am, and I'm going where God says I can go. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it goes on to say, Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. In other words, these, all, these new things he's talking about are all of God. And it says, who has, here we go, reconciled us. There's that word again. Uh, reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. In other words, based on what Christ did, he now made a way so we have access unto the Father. And it goes on to say, 
and has given us then the ministry of reconciliation. That's why back to this reference in Acts 26 is so important because not only have I and you been set free from anything that would keep us out of, the, uh, out of the presence of God, and now we have a way unto God based on Christ, we're called to go out and make sure everybody else knows that. Amen. That if you've come into the kingdom, guess what? You have total access unto the Father Himself because of reconciliation through Christ. Amen. What He's done, the price that He paid, Amen. To make this thing, reverse this thing, to get you out of the dark, into the light, to get you out of the grip of the enemy, into the hand of God, to get you into a place of receiving your forgiveness, praise God, no matter what happened yesterday, yesteryear, or even yesterdecade, praise God. He goes on to say, uh, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the word. He kind of defines what it was. Reconciling the, wor- the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. I love that. So he's not holding your mistakes against you and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So not only have you been set free, you're called to go out there and tell everybody else they're set free. Amen. Now then, we are ambassadors. Uh, I love that. Ambassadors for Christ. We represent a different kingdom now. We represent a different family now, so to speak. Amen. As though uh, God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Amen. And of course, the man saying this and writing this to the church at Corinth is the same man that was commissioned by God back in the book of Acts. All right. Amen. He goes on to say, the last verse of that reference of 2 Corinthians 5, he says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I love that. And uh, granted, there, we could spend weeks of teaching just on this, but you've been made. That's your identity now. You're no longer held by the enemy, held by your past, held by your mistakes. Okay, you're now the righteousness of God, which means you're in a place of right standing with an almighty God based on what Christ did. Amen. So we're here to turn the lights on, to open your eyes and turn you out of, uh, away from the dark into the light, away from the grip of the enemy into the hand of God. Amen. And, and give you a clarity and understand that you are released from your past. You are forgiven and you have to receive that child of God. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you're getting something out of this. All right. Let's take a look at some more of this here before I let you go today. All right. So what we're going to do now, let's take a look at this. He says, uh, he's talking about something else here, not only forgiveness, but then he says an inheritance. So now he wants you not only to release or, or receive your release from your past. Now he's trying to get you to receive what you have in front of you. All right. And you have to receive that too. Okay. And it says an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. An inheritance. So let's define what an inheritance is. All right. Inheritance means a possession, a portion. Okay. It also means an allotment or literally a lot. Okay. So it's talking about a fate or fortune or fort, um, or future or destiny. Hope that made sense. So allotment or a lot, which means fate, fortune, future, or destiny. Okay. So that's what it's talking about. So what he's trying to do here is, is help you receive what's already been, what's already yours. Okay, not only release from the stuff that would hold you back, but now trying to get you to receive your inheritance, what's ahead of you, praise God. Let's give you some references on that. In Colossians 1, okay, it brings this out, uh, that you've been qualified. This is, I think, like in verses 12 through 14 in there. You've been qualified, amen, as a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. All right, another powerful chapter in there, chapter 1 there. Amen. But you've been, you're now been qualified based on what Christ said to be a partaker of your rightful inheritance, of an inheritance. Literally, he defines it, the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's kind of what he said in this reference here in Acts 26. Okay, an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. In other words, the same thing that all the saints and patriarchs of faith that went before you, everything they did, amen, and uh, all that they received, amen, and even the many more to come, praise God. He says they all have an inheritance, and you can tap into that inheritance. Even what they walk in, you can walk in, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 
So uh, it says here that you've already been qualified, amen, already made a right. This whole text in there talking about you've been forgiven, amen, you're released from sin, amen. You can now receive your true inheritance because of what Christ did. That's what that whole text is talking about. Let's look at another one here. Acts 20, please. And verse 32 says, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. Now, he says the word of His grace, that divine influence, okay, upon your heart, that word of your grace, which is able to build you up. In other words, that word build is a, we get our word edifice, okay, which is talking about the building and uh, constructing something, one layer upon another layer. So this is a process of growth, process of building, all right, which we're able to build you up and then give you an inheritance, I love this, give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Saying the same thing, just another reference, all right, telling you what you have in God. But this text, it even says that by His grace. In other words, He's not asking you to do any of this on your own power, your own strength. He said the more you look to Him, the more that divine influence, that grace, that that uh, divine influence upon your heart, then it begins to reflect in your life. Amen. The more you lean on Him and draw on that grace, the more you can walk in your inheritance. That's just another piece of it. But again, back to that reference, okay, in Acts 26. The idea is to get you, praise God, to receive that inheritance. Amen. That inheritance, that's among all those who are sanctified by faith. And we'll talk about that in a second here. All right. Praise God. So another reference, Romans 8. Of course, you knew I was going to get to Romans 8 sometime, didn't you? Romans 8, verses 16 and 17 in there, okay? It says that the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children of God, now listen, listen. Yeah, most people agree with that. Most Christians are going to agree, I'm a child of God, okay? Okay, and that's good. But it says if you're, a, if you're, if you're children, then you're also got to remember you're an heir. In other words, you have an inheritance. You have a destiny, okay? All right, you have a future. You're an heir, an heir of God, and also a joint heir with Christ, amen, which basically says this, everything he had is what you have. Everything that was promised him has promised you, praise God. Amen. The same thing we're promised the patriarchs of faith. The same thing's promised you. Everything you see in this word, all the promises you find in this word that was for the, uh, that's in there is all for you, praise God. Amen. We got to get you to come in. You got to receive that. Amen. You got to lay hold of that. You got to seize that. Amen. That inheritance, praise God. Hallelujah. In fact, Romans 8, uh, you know, I don't have time maybe to go into all that, but it's talking about being led by the Spirit, letting the Spirit of God do what the Spirit does and being led by the Spirit of God. And part of that's what helps bring you into your inheritance, praise God. That's maybe a whole other sermon, but the bottom line is we're just showing you you have to receive what's yours. If you're, if you're not going to receive your inheritance, if you're not going to receive what's allotted you, if you're not going to receive the future and destiny that's been promised you, Amen. Then what happened, no matter how many of these other verses we go to, you're, it's not going to do you any good because you're not going to receive what it's trying to offer you. Amen. So that's why we're, we're kind of coming at this in an angle we're doing because not only do you receive forgiveness of that mess behind you, you've got to receive all your inheritance of all that that's ahead of you, praise God. You've got to grab hold of this, amen, to fulfill and to live the life you're called to live. Oh, hallelujah. So let's look at this. It says, an inheritance among those who are sanctified, uh, sanctified by faith. What does that mean? Well, wrapping it up here, sanctified just means set apart. That's literally what it means, set apart. Those have been set apart by faith. Now, that word set apart, and you know, just for whatever it's worth, no one is really set apart. Hear me now. No one is really set apart until they're willing to stand apart. Okay, and that's what we're seeing here by those who are sanctified by faith. They were willing to walk in faith and receive what's theirs. So they were willing to stand apart by their faith, with their faith, be different. Amen. And so they're set apart by their willingness to stand apart. Amen. In faith. I hope that made sense to you. The word faith is the Greek word pistis. Okay, again, we've studied that many times. But it's talking about a faith in Him, right? A persuasion, moral conviction, assurance, some of the synonyms here, a belief system, a trusting in, a dependence upon, praise God. And it is especially, listen now, it's talking about here in this text, especially reliance upon Christ. 
for salvation and constancy in, in such profession. In other words, not only just to receive uh, Him as Lord and walk, you know, step into the kingdom, but also beyond that now, walk in all, receive, come out of the dark, into the light, come out of the grip of the enemy, into the hand of God, come out of your past, your, the mistakes, the sin, and, and receive your forgiveness, receive uh, your inheritance, your future, and all that's ahead. Rely on Him for these things, praise God. So we're talking about a people who are sanctified or set apart by faith. We're talking about a people that literally take their faith, amen, and walk in faith, praise God. In fact, some references on that real quick. Hebrews 10 Verse 38, in fact, there's multiple references on the same, uh, same uh, this is a quote out of Habakkuk, but it just says, for we walk, or probably for the just shall live by faith. I love that. Now the just shall live by faith. Amen. That's why we live. That's how we conduct life. The just shall live by faith. Then it goes on talking about not drawing back or pulling back. Amen. So in other words, faith is always moving forward. All right. 2 Corinthians 5, just about gave this one earlier. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're not moved by how things appear. We walk by faith. So we're talking about somebody that's sanctified or set apart by faith in me. What he's talking about, praise God, is a people that are not, not moved by how it looks. They're not moved by how they feel. They're not moved by how it's going at the moment. They know they set themselves apart based on the fact, praise God, I'm going to trust God anyhow. I'm going to put my confidence in God. Amen. And you have to think about this. This is why this verse stops with this, because that's the whole thing. Everything we're talking about today still comes down to this. Are you going to have confidence in what God said? Are you going to have confidence, in fact, in what Christ said? Amen. In fact, when you look at that reference in Acts 26, it's words in red, praise God. It's Jesus talking to Paul, amen, commissioning him with a divine mandate, praise God, to do this, which is now a word to you and me, hallelujah, to do the same thing. It's a word from Christ. Will you receive it? Will you trust him? Will you put confidence and assurance in what he said? Will you grab hold of this and continue to do this? And if you do, praise God, you not only will walk free from your past, you will walk in your inheritance, praise God. Hebrews 12 and 1 talks about running with endurance, a race that's set before you. Uh, in fact, uh, that's verses 1 and 2 there. And, and what it talks about, that you're looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith, which means to me that not only am I living by faith, walking by faith, but I also have to run my race by faith. Praise God. All right, this is how we do this. Amen. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says this, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Lay hold on that life that you're called to, that eternal life. It literally means that quality of life you're called to, praise God. And then it goes on to tell you do that, praise God, by getting your mouth engaged and speaking what He speaks. Amen. Not talking what the world says, but talk what He says, praise God. That's how you fight this faith. But you see, you look at this thing. When you're talking about sanctified and being set apart by faith, this is how you live. This is how you walk. This is how you run. This is how you fight. This is how you do it, praise God. In fact, if you, if you jumped in Ephesians 6 and you put on that armor, it's, that's what it's about, praise God. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're doing it by faith. You're grabbing, you're lifting up that shield of faith. You're doing this thing, praise God. Amen. People that do that, amen, they set themselves apart and they walk in who they are. They walk in what they have in God. They walk in the life they're called to, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 So part of what Paul was commissioned to do, not only open eyes, not only turn them from the dark and light, turn them from the power of the enemy to, the, to God, but to get them to receive their forgiveness and to receive their inheritance. Praise God. I have one more last reference. I thought it would be a good one just to throw in here. Jesus said this in John 14 and 12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. I love that reference. When I start thinking about part of my inheritance, amen, it's not just about stuff and things. Sometimes it's literally about a calling. It's about a gifting. It's about an anointing. It's about, praise God, walking and fulfilling the plan of God for your life in the area of, 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 of maybe uh, callings and giftings, praise God. But I'm thinking about Jesus said this, listen, if I, if I could walk in it, you can walk in it. If I had it, you can have it. Amen. The same things I'm doing, you can do. Amen. And so, child of God, you just have to receive it. Amen. And then begin to walk in it, praise God. Because you know as well as I do that faith without any kind of corresponding action ain't going to work. So you got to apply yourself to it, praise God. 
So anyway, child of God, hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory and honor once again for the people of God with ears to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you for opening the eyes of their understanding today, bringing clarity. Thank you for these principles today. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory that what you began, you are finishing in their life. And I give you all the honor. All the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.